thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. That Paleo Show, making the Paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm Steve Hayter. And I'm Brett Hill. Today we're talking to Ben Dutton from The Stock Merchant, and he's responsible for Australia's first range of free-range and sustainable stocks and sources. Ben's company work with local small-scale producers who provide him with free-range chicken, grass-fed cattle, uh, sustainably harvested shellfish, and pristine vegetables and herbs to use in their products. Ben's stocks and sauces are made the traditional way, which means, hooray, no nasties, because he doesn't add salt, flavor enhancers, gluten, preservatives, or additives. It's real food made from real ingredients, and we think that's something worth having a chat about. So welcome to the show, Ben. How are you going? Thanks for having me. Uh, Lovely to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today. We wondered if you could start by telling us a bit about the stock merchant story and how it all started. Yeah, well, I, I guess it, it started from a very personal need of, of my wife and um, and me. We are both passionate cooks and we love to know exactly what's in our food and the provenance of it. And going back sort of over four years ago, I just found it very odd that one couldn't buy any stocks in Australia cooking stocks, um, chicken stock, beef stock, etc., that were made from either free-range or organic animals because the foundation of stock, at least if it's chicken stock or beef stock, are, of course, bones. Mm. And all the stocks on the market were essentially sort of buying bones out of the commodity stream, you know, cooking them up, adding a lot of salt, adding a lot of yeast extracts and other sort of nasties and flavor enhancers. So uh, as with all sort of good needs, uh, we thought, well... If there's nothing in the market, we might as well create it ourselves. And hence the Stock Merchant brand was born. That's fantastic, Ben. And that's what I really like about that is that a lot of the time things come out of necessity, don't they? You know, like yeah. if it's not out there, you know, make it yourself. As far as you're aware, is there is there anybody else, at least in Australia, that's doing what you guys do? Well, funnily enough, since we launched our product and started achieving sort of widespread distribution in the independent grocery uh, channel, our competitors started popping up either sort of by badging their stocks as, as, as free range or, or new products coming out into the market. And, you know, that's what's lovely about the marketplace in a competitive environment. Sort of if somebody sees a product being successful, they can jump on the bandwagon and, and try and emulate that success. I, I guess what kind of makes us still a little bit different to all of our competitors is that we have retained A, purity, and B, sort of we, we run a transparent supply chain, whereas sort of, you know, there's a lot of, shall we say, fuzziness around food labeling in Australia, yeah. <laughs> and it's very easy to put a free range or, or an organic label on something and not actually back it up with proof points. But we, we believe that sort of we have a transparent supply chain where the producers that we're working with and the boning rooms that we're working with have integrity, and, and that's very important. That's, that's fantastic, and it's such an important point, Ben. So we might even come back and talk a little bit later about food labelling and see if you've got any ideas around that because I think that's a really mm. important point. But before we get to that stage, I'd love you to talk a bit about what the difference is with your product. I mean, in terms of the ingredients, in terms of what you put in there, how you produce it, 
what's the difference between you and you know your average stock that I'm just going to grab off the supermarket shelf, you know, in the cheap aisle at a supermarket chain? I almost used a brand name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they certainly don't need any more publicity than they already have. But I, I guess sort of there are a couple of a couple of different levels. Sort of your classic sort of cheap supermarket stock, be it chicken, veg, or beef will essentially predominantly be the flavor will be coming from salt and and the use of yeast extracts so yeast extracts give it umami boost it sort of gives it a richer flavor and you know look it's like most things in life and certainly when it comes to food you you pay for what you get we don't extract you know more uh, any more sort of efficiently the bones that we use than our competitors do Uh, it's just that what you see is what you get with our product. So our competitors will water their products down and then boost the flavor up again through using the salt or the, or the yeast extracts or, for that matter, other, other flavor enhancers. Mm. In saying that, sort of, you know, I, I should also point out that our extraction is longer than certainly sort of what some of the more mainstream competitors do with their bones. So there is, a, there is a point of difference there. But really sort of what it comes down to is, I guess, the provenance of the bones to start off with and, and then the food additives as well. And we are proudly additive-free uh, with what we do. Yeah, which is fantastic. I certainly know that um, when I started doing a lot more of my own cooking, that was one of my gripes as well. You'd pick up the stock and, you know, it'd just be full of rubbish that I didn't want to put into my body. So it's very exciting to see something made with such love. Um, ben, can you tell us a little bit about, obviously you're very careful in regards to, to who you get your uh, seafood and, and um, other ingredients from. Can you tell us a bit about like the criteria that they have to meet? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, essentially sort of as a, as a minimum benchmark, it's, it's free range pasture fed. Or when it, comes to, when it comes to our chicken bones or chickens, which they are before sort of their bones, uh, they have to have that access to pasture. Mm. So... In reality, sort of that means that while sort of all chickens have to be housed during the evening to protect them from predators, uh, during the day the sides of the sheds are opened and then they're free to uh, free to roam, sort of free to peck around and and do what chickens love doing. Sometimes, if it's a hot day, that can mean that they're actually they're better off hanging out in the shed and sort of being nice and cool rather than sort of being in the direct sunlight. And then when it comes to our when it comes to the beef that we that we source. Once again, the minimum standard is free-range, pasture-raised, grass-fed. So we don't use any beef bones which have been grain-fed, and we also don't use any which have been fed antibiotics or growth hormones. I was really interested, and someone asked me this the other day, Ben. I was like, I don't know, it just just does. But how how does your product last on the shelf when it doesn't have stuff in it to preserve it? Indeed. Well, it's a it's an, a, an age old preserving technique. It's just that sort of it seems a little bit different because ours is in a stand up pouch, but the process is called retorting, and essentially it's the same process as canning. So it goes into a large metal chamber called a retort chamber, and then it's heated up for a short period of time to about 125 degrees under extremely high pressure. And that means that if there are any sort of, you know, unwanted bacteria or nasties inside, sort of they are either killed by the heat or they're killed by the extreme pressure that they're put under. And then sort of the temperature is very quickly reduced. And then you have essentially sort of a a shelf-stable product 
which doesn't have any preservatives in it. So th this is you know what has been happening for centuries with canning, and also with perhaps sort of you know camping meals or or army rations that sort of are in pouches and just you know are ready to be sort of ripped open and um, and heated up and, and eaten. Fantastic. So nice. now people say, how, how do they make it last? I'm, I'm going to say, it's retorted. Uh, it's retorted. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly oh. right. A, I was going to say, it's just like they do in the army. That sounds cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as long as you don't confuse the quality of the food, because I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, uh, so Ben, obviously we've got a bit of a uh, distorted audience here for you. You know, most people or many people on the, in our audience will already be making their own broths or, or at the very least buying broths. And, and if they're not doing that, then they'll have at least most of them will have heard about broth and, and the benefits that go with it. But for those who haven't, can you just give us a bit of a rundown on the benefits of broth and, and I guess the different types of broths and what added advantages there might be to, you know, if you've always been doing beef broth to, to trying something different as well? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I guess sort of coming at it from a cooking perspective, broths or stocks are the foundation of all classical cuisine. And, and that's because they impart flavor upon food. So by using bone broths in your, in your cooking, sort of, you know, you, you are amping up the flavor. And, and whether sort of it's a, it's a high protein stew or, or, or just a very simple soup, uh, that you're doing for yourself, you're getting a very natural way of adding delicious flavour to your to your cuisine. It, it's yeah, um, that, that's that, that's probably the best way the best way to put it. If you're you know, also another sort of I guess thing that we like to say is that certainly homemade broths are best and ours are second best because look. Even though obviously we have a you know very large supply of stock merchant stock, sort of, we are also coming sort of at it from the perspective that homemade cooking, uh, cooking that you have control over, is always going to be the best. And you know, hey, that may not mean that we're sort of selling as many stocks as we we could be selling, but it's <laughs> the truth, and and it's something which you know you have to you have to recognise as the truth. If you have a chicken and you're able to undertake an extraction of, of the bones or even keep the flesh on it so you can make a delicious broth out of it as well and you can do that at home and you have control over the ingredients that are going into it that's absolutely brilliant and that's what you should be doing if you're at home and it's late at night and you just want a really fantastic meal well you know grab a packet of our stock out of the uh, out of the cupboard so we're second best homemade broths or stocks are definitely are definitely first best I love that. I love that, and I love the integrity with which yes. you deliver that message. I think that's fantastic, Ben, so thank you for that. And I was also, I guess, leading with my question in towards the health benefits as well. I mean, we're now seeing the benefits of, of collagen, the benefits of these healthy fats that are in the stock, the marrow, all of those different ingredients that go in there. You know, what do you know of the health benefits in terms of the stocks as well? Certainly, as you said, sort of when it comes to, when it comes to the collagen benefit, sort of that's, you know, sort of loud and clear. I think what we have to do is we have to recognize that sort of and you know this is of course why we're all sitting down talking because this is a this is a show about you know the paleo life and and for specifically now we're talking about paleo food. You know this is a very a very basic human sustenance that human beings have evolved to eat and to enjoy. So while sort of you know there's a there's a an added benefit there which is what I talked about before which is flavor, sort of, you know, the nutrition that comes out of a bone broth is, is magnificent. And, you know, it, it, I think kind of one has to look at the heuristic of this, you know, the rule of thumb. It's sort of, well, what makes one feel really good? 
when one's sick. It's a beautiful bowl of chicken soup, or perhaps it's a beautiful bowl of beef, beef broth. You know, it, it's, there's something that sort of is very intrinsic and very emotionally satisfying for us, and, and, and the nutritional benefits that come out of that are significant. In saying that, sort of, you know, you, you add vegetables into the mix, you add sort of pasture-raised meat into the mix, and then, you know, well, that's even better. Mm, fantastic and um, Ben something that audience just goes bunter for whenever we touch on the, the topic is kids and, and babies and, and food and something that makes me irate is just the, the rubbish on the supermarket shelves that's packaged as healthy I was pretty mm. excited to, to see on your website that you talk about baby food you know what are your views on um, stock and so on uh, in terms of you know eating for babies and children I guess it's a, it's a way sort of, once again, if you go back to the whole sort of foundation of great cooking, but also great flavour, it's a way of helping condition babies' taste buds to to be open to sort of a much richer, sort of broader flavour than just the very bland food that they are normally sort of eating, If certainly if it's a processed supermarket baby food, or perhaps, you know, from someone who's not who's not very confident sort of in the kitchen. So so when it comes to really simple vegetable purees, just adding some chicken stock, adding some beef stock, it does sort of, you know, boost the overall sort of umaminess of it, that richness. And then I guess sort of ours has the has the added benefit of the fact that we have no added salt. So for babies that's fantastic because their sodium um, usage has to be very low. But then also sort of for, for the home cook as well, that's fantastic because it means that you can, you can salt to your taste, not what's being dictated to you from the stock of the broth that you're using. Personally, we love salt. We put a lot of salt in our food, so I'm always heavily salting our stock. But then sort of there are people who are on low-sodium diets or just you know, can't handle a lot, of, a lot of salt, and then you know, sort of it's, it's good for them as well. But going back to the babies... Yeah, it's certainly something which adding these broths to your baby's diet sort of is just going to overall sort of, I think, help, you know, achieve better acceptance in the world of food. A can of Heinz pureed carrot is just not going to really cut the mustard on that front. And probably not carrot. Yeah, but it was, it was retorted when they made it. Um, one, one, of the, one of the things I really like about what you guys do with the stock merchant, and Sarah will mention it later on, but your blog, which is thestockmerchant.com.au forward slash blog, you've done this really wonderful, you've got these recipes that you put up and you're building this really great culture around your product rather than just a one-dimensional thing you pull off the shelf. You know, like you can then go to your website and find out the best ways to use the broth if you're if you're looking mm. for inspiration who uh, who puts that together and where did that idea come from uh, well we pretty much all do that in-house so sort of we uh develop the recipes ourselves or we sort of take inspiration from other recipes that are out there and we also have a very talented individual who helps us out with all of our social media samantha hillman who also develops recipes as well so yeah i mean we're a very small company it's a very it's a very tight team but certainly sort of you know, spreading that knowledge and you know ensuring that people actually know what to do once they have the stock is you know we believe a pretty a pretty important role for our company to play. We are also looking at sort of expanding that over the over the months ahead. So kind of you know stay tuned and you know and join sort of the social media channels that we have so you can kind of see what what else we have pumping through. Um, obviously, sort of you know because we are sort of looking at also an audience which is broader beyond just paleo sort of there are some paleo friendly recipes but then there are also i guess sort of some 
unpaleo friendly recipes, yeah. but you know. Yeah, you pick, uh, you pick and choose. <laughs> you pick and choose. That's exactly right. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the accolades that uh, the stock merchant have received so far? Yeah, well, we received a bit of media attention when we first started, and then we were able to pick up, which was quite delightful, a uh, delicious magazine produce award for our sustainable crab stock. This crab stock is a pretty is a pretty special product. It comes from over in WA, from a place called Carnarvon, which is about nine hundred k north of Perth, and uh, a, a producer there, Abacus Fisheries, they have the license to fish blue swimmer crabs out of Shark Bay, which is this yeah. beautiful World Heritage listed sort of area up there, and it's an incredibly sustainable fishery, very closely monitored and, and managed, and it's an astounding product because a lot of shellfish stocks tend to be extracted from frames post-meat extraction, whereas the the liquor for our sustainable crab stock is actually the water that the crabs are boiled in once they've been once they've been landed. So once they've been brought up into the boat, they're put into an ice slurry where you know they all nicely fall asleep and you know have sweet dreams. And then once they're back sort of into the production facility, that's when they're then put into the boiling water. So at the end of the production day, that water that is retained is then drained it's filtered then we reduce it down so you essentially just have this essence of crab and the delicious produce award judges just just loved it absolutely loved it so we picked up an award for that which was absolutely lovely and sort of got some more got some more press out of that but i guess sort of you know the best the best accolades that we have are just the ones that we get from consumers who write in really it's you know people that say you know it's lovely that finally we have a stock that doesn't have any salt or, you know, people that are allergic to yeast can buy it or, you know, people that are, you know, looking for perhaps sort of, you know, going down the paleo path that say, yep, sort of, you know, this is this is a stock that, that suits my needs. And it's that feedback that really, that really sort of makes us excited, truth be told. It's very easy for big companies to get a lot of paid media promotion and and accolades but the best ones are always the ones that you get from your customers that's that's awesome ben and i've just had a bit of an epiphany listening to that because i grew up in south australia going crab raking with my grandparents for blue crabs and we would every time we'd get them home we'd put them on the big pot on the stove we'd boil them up and then we tipped out the water and i'm just kind of crying now thinking about it realizing (laughs) that we just tipped out all of that awesome stock which would have been amazing and we never did anything with it anyway that's kind of beside the point um but the the one one thing i did want to ask you about ben is is the fat in your products because you know i've actually only relatively recently got into doing stocks probably in the last year or so and and obviously got into it and loving it and uh, one thing i found was a lot of the older recipes for the stock sort of encourage you to skim the fat off and chuck that away and then just keep Mm. the stock and obviously what we're finding now is particularly with these grass-fed free-range meats like you're using, we're realizing those animal fats are actually pretty healthy. So what do you guys do with that? Do, do you still skim down a little bit or do you leave all the fats in there? I, I, look, I, I hate to say it, but unfortunately I don't have good news for you on this front. I wish that we would use more fat in our products, but there are a couple of reasons why we can't. Number one is just essentially sort of it's a consumer perception. So if we had excess fat in our product, then people would open up and there would be globules of the stuff 
because sometimes it's stored in the refrigerator or in, in cold supermarkets and then the fat solidifies it, the globules of the stuff. So aesthetically, it sort of it doesn't look the best. But then the second and the, probably the more important part is that then we, if we would not skim off the fat, then we would run a risk of the fat oxidizing over time. As it stands, we put a little bit of natural rosemarinic acid in there, which is essentially sort of an extract from rosemary, and that acts as a natural antioxidant, but that can only do so, so much. And if we had a heap of fat in the product, then oxidation would happen. So, you know, once again, sort of this does go back to, I guess, the um, <laughs> the adage that homemade, you know, is best because then you can retain the fat in there. And if you're using a pasture-raised bird or if you're using a, using a grass-fed free-range beef bones, then sort of you are going to get some lovely fat in there that have those um, those essential fatties, which are, of course, very good for us. Mm. And Ben, I think it's really cool. I was having a, a bit of a suss out of all of your products, and it's quite extensive. Like, it's not just stock. You've got heaps of variety. So I want to let people know, actually, what you've got to offer. You've got, like, your chicken stock, beef stock, vegetable stock, also the crab stock, which you spoke about. And then you've also got a master stock and a red wine jus. Can you tell us perhaps what your favourite stock is and, and what you enjoy perhaps cooking with it, your favourite recipe? Uh, that's a great question. Look, the Master Stock is a, is a brilliant product because it's, I, I guess, ready to use for, for poaching meat, um, sort of uh, fish, um, even tofu. Sort of, uh, it's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. But sort of, I, I think I have to say that my favourite product out of the out of the lot is our sustainable crab stock, because it just elevates sort of any dish that you're making with seafood. It just elevates it, and and you could just make the the simplest seafood soup out of it just by using the crab stock as a base, and then just throwing in sort of you know the fish fillets or or other sort of you know crab, lobster, prawns, whatever whatever you may be using. So. It really is wonderful. The good news is that sort of we are about to broaden our range and we're going to be releasing in about a month's time a mushroom stock, oh. if you can believe it. So this is something which, uh, which we've been working on for the last year. It's been really tricky because with mushrooms, sort of, if you go too far with an extraction, you can get a bit of a bitter note. So we've been sort of trialing this for, for a very long period of time, but we finally, we finally nailed it. And essentially what we're doing is we're using, we're using white and browns simmering them in water and then reducing that that liquid down and you have this fantastic umami richness about this particular product and of course sort of you know it's going to be really great for those people who you know do use a lot of vegetables in their cooking you know maybe they're vegans maybe they're vegetarians maybe sort of they're only eating meat sort of you know a couple of times a week and and they're a bit bored with the the vegetable stock option which is the which is the default option around so yeah sort of we're quite excited about this product it's going to be sort of give a lot of versatility to uh to cooks and in what they're doing and it's just you know sort of we've we've had some trial versions now over the last over the last four months and and they've been wonderful really wonderful oh that's so cool to hear and it's really wonderful to see like a product that's enabling people to get some variety and different flavors into their homes and kitchens. And the other product that um, I was pretty excited to see, and I imagine you'd have had some pretty good feedback about, you've got an old-fashioned gravy. And I know when I started eating, you know, and I was more health-conscious about what I was eating, gravy was something that sort of went out the window for me. So mm. um, can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, look, that's just essentially sort of our free-range chicken stock, which we reduce down. We use sort of a couple of gluten-free thickeners in there. We do put a little bit of salt in that particular product, just to uh, just to you know because it is a it is a um, heat and serve sauce, so it's ready to ready to rock and roll. A lot of people like to add a little bit of sort of extra salt themselves, and then and then some herbs, and that's it. So, look, you know, gravy is a pretty personal thing. We've had some really good feedback with that product. We've also had some really bad feedback about that product. I think some people think that there's no way in which, you know, any gravy can be any better than their mums or their, or their grandmas or, or, or whatever. And that's, and that's totally cool. We, can, we, can't, we can't argue with that. So, uh, but so, certainly sort of it's, it's, filled a, it's filled a nice little niche in the, in the, in the market. Nice. Hey, Ben, before we finish up, I'd really like to come back and chat to you some more about the food labelling because you started off on something there earlier and I have a feeling you had some stuff to say. So what I guess what I'd really like to know is what is needed in our country in terms of food labelling because it seems to be there's been a lot of media about it recently suggesting that it is lacking. So mm. what is needed in the food labelling for people to be able to easily differentiate the sort of products you're putting out there versus the sort of products that, that competitors might be putting out there? And how can we go about sort of encouraging that to be a more commonplace practice? I mean, it seems that certain ingredients can be hidden with the food, country of origin can be hidden with the food, all sorts of stuff. You know, what do we need to do to tighten that up? Yeah, look, I think my, my biggest bugbear when it comes to food labeling is probably country of origin. So, you know, we're very big on provenance and all of our products are, are products of Australia, apart from our master stock because we use Chinese soy sauce to make it authentic in that. But the rest of our products are, are products of Australia. We're probably the only people in Australia which, with our master stock, we've actually given what the provenance of the ingredients are on the back along with that sort of, um, shall we say, uh, fuzzy euphemism called made in Australia from local and imported ingredients. Mm. And, and that's the one that really gets up my goat, if <laughs> I can put it that way, because... Because it's so easy for food manufacturers to use a heap of imported products. And a lot of the time, sort of, you know, this is just, these will be cheap commodities which are sourced from, from China or South America, where obviously sort of production controls sort of aren't as stringent as they are here in Australia. And then sort of, and then they're able to add sort of, you know, perhaps a little bit of Australian product or perhaps no Australian product at all because because you don't know because they don't actually have to tell you. So country of origin labelling is a real uh, is a real issue that we're that we're facing. And, and yeah, sort of going back, it's that made in Australia from local and important ingredients. Um, that another sort of label which I absolutely hate is the packed in Australia from imported ingredients. Mm. Okay, so the, so the ingredients are imported, but from where? Sort of you know are they are they American? Are they Chinese? Are they from <laughs> Russia? I mean, sort of, yeah, I think consumers have the right to know where their food is coming from. And unfortunately, sort of our food labeling system just doesn't have the, the necessary level of transparency. People like Nick Xenophon, you know, sort of in your neck of the woods, has done an absolutely amazing job in being a fantastic advocate on behalf of better labeling and more transparent labeling. But the food industry is pretty powerful, and if you look at the Australian Food and Grocery Council, you know their their sort of members are the Nestlés and the Crafts of the world. They don't really have any interested in interest in transparency, because then sort of a lot of their food products, you know, sort of will be 
exposed as as yeah. as having absolute sort of no bearing on Australian farming or Australian food production. Yeah, it's just fascinating, and the more you look, the more you find out. But it's really great to have a, a chat to you today, Ben, and it's wonderful to see someone with such great integrity putting out a wonderful product and a, you know allowing people to, to have that option to help them out with their time management but still know that they're going to get a great healthy option. So if our listeners at home like the sound of adding some great authentic flavours to uh, your culinary creations while also helping to support free-range animal farming and sustainable fishing in Australia, head over to thestockmerchant.com.au and here you can also find out who your local stockist is and have a look through their delicious product range Uh, you can also follow the stock merchant on facebook instagram and twitter so jump online and get liking Um, as always we hope you all enjoyed the show as much as we did make sure you tell us what you think and until next week like us on facebook and follow us on instagram share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset and MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavour to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.